Guten Tag, die Leute. Das ist ein Deutsch Podcast. No, don't worry. It's not. Uh, it's the Danyx English Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, the uh, introduction I did was just uh, because I had a dream last night. And in this dream, I was back at the secondary school studying German in the classroom. We sort of had a very strict teacher, German teacher. She taught us a lot. And every time he said something wrong, she would uh, look look at us with her big eyes, which would sort of be eating us. Yeah, this was just a way I paid tribute to her, because after all this, maybe scary, all these scary things, she was a great teacher and we all have best memories of her. Okay, so let me remind you, you are tuned in to Zdenek's English podcast. But, but why? Okay, maybe, maybe it's because you're bored. You don't know what to do with yourselves, or maybe you were just curious. You overheard that there was something like Zdenek's English podcast. Maybe you, you know me as a person, and you were wondering what my podcast is all about. Well, this is my answer to you. This is it, yeah? This is, like, this is just what you're listening to. That's Zdenek's English podcast. I hope you're not disappointed. Or maybe the third reason is that you actually want to learn something, something from me. And I, I promise in today's episode, this is what you should get, actually. You should uh, learn something in this episode, which is probably the very first one uh, concerning the fact that I have talked a lot of nonsense in the previous ones, rather than teach you something connected to language. In this episode, which is called Animal Idioms, I'm going to talk about animal idioms. Now, don't confuse idioms for idiots. Uh, they, these two words actually don't mean the same thing. They mean something completely, something completely different. I think I might do some podcast about idiots in future, but for now, I'll stick to idioms, which is, after all, what we usually do as teachers. Uh, of uh, English as a second language, we rather teach the idioms, uh, not not the idiots, or at least we hope not to teach idiots. So I'm going to talk about idioms related to animals. Why did I choose the animals? Well, the answer is simple. It's because animals have always been a popular topic to teach, unlike the idioms, actually. Yeah. Why is that? Because I think. Uh, a lot of people find them cute, especially the children, and it's uh, kind of appropriate to teach animals because they're all around us and children want to know what kind of pets they have at home. So one of the first words they learn are actually the guinea pig and hamsters, uh, you know, followed by the word to be maybe. But yeah, you, you understand my point, don't you? Actually, in the last podcast, I already used one animal idiom, I use the expression, let's shear the sheep and get the flock out of here. Maybe you didn't know what this meant. This uh, expression actually meant uh, something like, uh, let's do the last bit and let's get out of here because we have done enough, we have work, worked too hard and we need some rest. It's time to say goodbye to this place and go somewhere else where we can enjoy ourselves. I kind of felt a need or urge to explain this idiom to you 
because you might not have understood it completely. So uh, this is how I start off this insight into animal realm of idioms. Maybe before I get to some more idioms, I should actually explain what the idioms are. Well, idioms are expressions in a language which are very fixed. Usually you have two or more words together and they have, they have some meaning. And the meaning is usually not the meaning which, uh, which you can tell from just reading the words out from understanding the meaning of the individual parts of these expressions. Uh, in other words, uh, the meaning is not literal. The meaning is sometimes hidden, metaphorical, or it's just something completely different. And for some reason, it started to be used, like uh, having, having another meaning. Idioms are used because they have the power to make the, make the things we say uh, sound more colorful and more interesting and more eloquent. They are actually used in every language as far as I'm concerned. So it's, uh, it's no, not different to my native language, which is Czech. And obviously it's not different to the language of Shakespeare, which is uh, English. There are loads of idioms and they're bloody hard to learn if you are not a native speaker, because if you are, then this comes to you naturally because you just hear it uh, from everybody around you so it's kind of easy for you to pick it up but if you are not a non-native it's bloody hard to learn really and you must choose those which are not old-fashioned or outdated you 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 have to go for those which somehow are useful not not all of them are useful i'm trying to choose some which are quite useful but again i'm not an expert so um let's see so, for example, if you say it's raining cats and dogs, which is like a teacher-friendly uh, teacher example, because it's, a, it's a, the first thing that comes to your mind, actually, when teaching idioms. Uh, for some reason, you remember this one very well. So if you say it's raining cats and dogs, it's raining really heavily, or it's like a downpour. It's not an ordinary shower. It's, it's raining a lot. Now, you can't say it's raining dogs and cats that's when when uh, this rule comes in that uh, the expressions are really fixed you can't twist them you can't uh, you can't do anything about them you know you can't give it, give it another another form or you can't do the inflection even though in this case in this particular case it kind of doesn't really make sense because imagine the, the dogs and cats which is rather metaphor obviously because it doesn't really rain you know if it, something rains it's water uh, so in this example if, if really imagine the dogs and cats were raining I think it would be the dogs falling down the sky first so it should go dogs and cats just because they are usually heavier aren't they so uh, it should be it's raining dogs and cats but uh, it's not it's cats and dogs I don't know if this is because of the alphabetical order of the particular animals, who knows. I've actually used this idiom on this podcast before, and there is one more idiom which I used on this podcast, and that is to kill two birds with one stone. Now, what does this mean? Obviously, you can literally kill, kill two birds with one stone, although I don't think this is a 
you have a good chance of killing even one bird because they are quite fast animals who can fly and maybe you are a powerful guy who tosses the stone really really with with immense power but uh, anyway uh, this idiom or this expression meaning uh, has a metaphorical meaning if you kill two birds with one stone you achieve two things with just one action okay so let's let's say uh, you are learning English on the podcast and not only did you improve your listening skills but you also passed the exam because of uh, because there was this idiom to kill two birds with one stone and for some reason as a coincidence it was in the test uh, you were supposed to explain the meaning of this idiom and because of listening to my podcast you managed to so you killed two birds with one stone there because you not only uh, practiced your listening skills or improved your listening skills you also uh, did well in the test now this idiom is really fascinating for me from the point of view of Czech because in my language we have a similar idiom which goes to hit two flies with one shot and it always struck me that the English they actually kill birds which are in my opinion much more valuable or at least much more beautiful animals rather than flies which can be considered annoying insect okay so the way I see it is that the English actually are quite morbid aren't they it's obviously less sadistic to kill two flies rather than to kill two birds which is much more morbid the conclusion I draw is that the Czechs are peaceful pacifists unlike the British who are kind of killing monsters like unemotional robots from Doctor Who so remember to kill two birds with one stone is quite a useful expression for example in this context I can use it to tell you that I'm killing two birds with one stone recording this podcast and it is because not only I can enhance my speaking skills but I can also make some new friends maybe surprisingly the bird idioms seem, seem to be quite popular in English language for example uh, there is an expression an early bird catches the worm it's like a saying a proverb it means uh, those who get up early and uh, you know those who get up early will achieve something they will catch the worm whereas those who, 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 who keep sleeping in the morning they won't catch any bird and they will starve to death in its effect we can refer to a person as an early bird if this person is this kind of morning person who likes to get up very early and do all the things done in the morning and if the, if the person is kind of more efficient in the morning uh, concerning his uh, job potential maybe or work potential on the other hand if the person is a night owl night owl is this kind of a um, night bird which does this hooting sound like Woo! Woo! I'm not sure if this is the best uh, imitation of of uh, an owl really probably not you know the owl is the typical symbol of knowledge so if a person is a night owl this is an animal which uh, most of the time lives in um, at night or is most active at night uh, it's a nocturnal animal 
And if a person is a night owl, he's most efficient at night. He likes, uh, he likes to do all his job at night. So, for example, if, you, if you're a student, you prefer studying at night rather than in the morning. I don't understand how somebody can be this way, but apparently there are people like this. So, you can be an early bird or a night owl. To be frank, I'm not quite sure what I am myself. Probably something between. And what about you, my listeners? Are you night owls or rather early birds? Remember, early birds catches the worm. And night owls, they have a lot of knowledge. And knowledge means power. For example, you can study in books how to kill two birds with one stone. Which means you can even learn how to kill two early birds with one stone. And uh, sort of overpower all the birds in the world. And you will become so powerful that the night owls will one day rule the world. And all the rest of us will have to obey them. So humanity will be like the servants of night owls. It's, it's gonna be like a night owl invasion. Like aliens or robots. Okay, as you can see I have got quite a vivid imagination. Uh, and let's hope the future won't be that violent. Alright, now there is one more expression connected to birds. And that is to be sick as a parrot. Okay, you know, parrot is this kind of animal that can uh, that can copy what people say. You know, like if you, you can teach it a few words like good morning, good morning, or it learns the sounds that are around you. For example, the telephone sound or the bell, uh, your house bell or something like that. So then it goes or or maybe even Dun, 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 which is obviously an imitation of Big Bang sound. Sorry, it might have been a little bit out of tune, to be honest. Never mind. But there is one more idiom which seems to have the similar meaning, and it is to be sick as a parrot. These idioms are those in which you compare one thing to another, and by the way, technically, they're called similes. We do a bit of philosophy over these idioms. First of all, why, why are parrots or dogs, why are they considered sick? I mean, they're in many cases much healthier than humans. So why it's the parrots and dogs? Who chose them? Who chose them in this way that they use this way as idioms? I don't know. Another question which raises is, which one is preferable? To be sick as a parrot? And, or to be sick as a dog. And is there, by any chance, any difference in meaning at all? Okay, of course I didn't know that, so I've done some digging, and I found a website on which there's, this is like a forum, yeah, and there is somebody by name Tim, Tim Peake, or Tim Peake, I don't know how to pronounce it, and he says that to be sick as a dog is kind of a physical thing. It means that people who are sick as a dog are vomiting, maybe, because they have had too much of alcohol or something. Whereas to be sick as a parrot means that a person is gutted. When, when somebody is gutted, it means uh, very disappointed because of something that has happened. Okay? So when I forgot to buy my lottery ticket and my number came up, I was sick as a parrot. Okay? It's kind of a more emotional, emotional state. 
and when you are sick as a dog then you feel really unhealthy you feel unwell you feel under the weather okay so uh, let's hope uh, this is a correct explanation if not I would really love uh, someone to tell me but uh, there is another comment which says I've never heard or read sick as a parrot either in the US or from British friends sick as a dog is a very common at least in American English and means uh, what the prior respondents have said I don't know for me I've heard about uh, sick as a parrot and I, I guess sick as a parrot is more British whereas sick as a parrot would be American oh sorry vice versa sick as a parrot British sick as a uh, dog American maybe I'm a little bit sick as a dog and parrot at the same time from explaining this uh, sick and sick as a parrot or sick as a dog expression guys I think I have to uh, call it quit on this topic of being sick as a parrot or dog or whatever anyway in our language, in Czech language, uh, we use uh, a universal animal for negative things or sometimes even for positive things and it is pig. So we, in our language we would say it's big as pig, it's so bad as pig, it's so difficult as, as a pig, it's, uh, it's raining as a pig, uh, it's uh, unbelievable as a pig, it's just everything is as a pig. So it's like a universal word. Okay, what, what a coincidence, listeners. That was my dog who has just barked. Maybe this is his way of agreeing with me. Maybe he is trying to tell us something in his dog language. But unfortunately, I don't understand it. Maybe you do. You, maybe you can tell me next time what my dog was saying there. He was definitely making comment on this whole uh, be sick as a parrot, be sick as a dog. And... Uh, be, be, be everything in Czech language as a pig discussion. To conclude this, I think on the whole it is much easier to, to remember, of course, uh, this idiom when it's used in various expressions. Now I'm talking about the idiom, uh, about the Czech idiom, everything is as, as a pig. So I suggest to British linguists uh, to do something about this whole uh, sick as a parrot, sick as a dog uh, phenomenon, because Look at Czech language. Look at the way we're dealing with this with such grace. It's pure magic, linguistic magic. Okay, it's time to move on. We've talked about dogs here, and I think uh, we need to keep some balance because the cats might become a little bit jealous if we don't use idioms uh, which are related to cats. So there is one which goes, let the cat out of the bag. It means to tell the secret, okay? So, for example, you have best friends. Uh, I don't know who are best friends. Who are typical best friends? Maybe from the Lord of the Rings, uh, Sam and Frodo, okay? So, if uh, if uh, Sam has a secret, uh, maybe Frodo told Sam a secret that he needs to destroy his ring of power, and Sam is the one who who is a, a trustful person. Must, must, uh, he mustn't let the cat out of the bag. He mustn't tell the secret or, or uh, it uh, endangers the whole um, expedition, endangers the whole journey, uh, you know, the mission, the quest that uh, Frodo and Sam have to destroy the ring. 
So instead of just saying it's a secret, don't tell anyone, you could say it's a secret, don't let the cat out of the bag. It's kind of a longer, but it sounds funny and it's more colorful. Now that I'm thinking about it, this kind of social phrase, it's a secret, don't tell anyone, statistically, I think if you tell somebody, don't tell anyone, it's more likely that they will actually tell someone, you know, rather than if you don't say this phrase at all, you know, because it's like forbidden fruit concept, don't tell anyone. It's, you know, it's so tempting to tell someone that the, you'll rather do it, you know, you will. I think my dog is there barking again, I don't know what he means by this, this time, don't, don't know really. Maybe there's a cat who came came round to, to visit me and to tell me something about it, but it's so quiet that I can't, it's quiet as a church mouse actually, that I can't even hear it, but my dog can, he can smell it, so he's telling me something, but probably not, probably my dog is gutted that the cat has come, he's jealous now. Okay, I'm a little bit you know, getting... Uh, getting uh, lost here with my thoughts. Uh, this is sometimes what happens on this podcast that I intend to tell you something but I end up telling you something completely different and usually kind of worthless or useless. You see, uh, initially I didn't really mean to include the phrase to be quiet as a church mouse but since I have just done it I think uh, it's quite appropriate to explain what this means. Well, to be quiet as a church mouse basically means to be uh, very quiet, so it's not that hard, is it? Obviously the idea is that the mice are quiet animals. Maybe church mice are even quieter animals because they live in a church and church is a quiet place, so they kind of got accustomed to living in a church. They assimilated to these kind of living conditions. Okay, so now I think it's time to move on into water. I've got two water idioms, uh, two water animal idioms, to be precise. The first one is like fish out of water. When you are, when you feel like a fish out of water, it means you don't really feel very well among some people around you. So, for example, when I left the Czech Republic, when I went to England, at first I really felt there like fish out of water. You know, fish is this kind of animal uh, which can't live in the open air like the humans can. It needs water. So if somebody feels like fish out of water, it feels maybe lonely or confused or it doesn't really feel good at all. Have you ever felt like a fish out of water, listeners? I guess you have. Especially if you are those type of listeners who have visited a foreign country, maybe you're living in a foreign country right now. I've got a lot of students of mine who are living in a foreign country studying here. So this is, I guess, how they must have felt when they first came here, like fish out of water. Therefore, this is, I think, for you, specifically for you, this is a very nice expression to learn when you speak to someone and when you try to explain them how you felt when you first came here, how chaotic this was for you. Maybe because of the cultural differences or something like that. Or just because the people were totally different here. Now, the water idiom number two is like water of duck's back. When something is like water of duck's back, 
it doesn't really affect you. For example, you can say, somebody was criticizing me, but it was like water of duck's back. It didn't, didn't really make me feel uncomfortable. It's, uh, you know, when somebody criticizes you, maybe it's your wife or girlfriend, when she keeps nagging you for you uh, going to the pub late at night, not spending enough time with her, not going shopping with her, maybe, you know, it doesn't feel pleasant. But some people, they just take it easy and they are phlegmatic. And uh, the, what your girlfriend, what their girlfriend or wife tells them is like water of duck's back. It doesn't really affect them in any way at all. Now I have a quiz question for you. What's the biggest animal in the world? I think you already know the answer. Of course it's the whale. And there is one expression which goes to, to have a whale of the t Excuse me. It goes to have a whale of a time. It's kind of a tongue twister a little bit, this one. To have a whale of a time. Yeah, it is. Not easy to say, actually. To have a whale of a time. It means to have a fantastic, exciting and fun time. To have a big time. So, for example, last, last uh, summer I went to England to visit some of my friends to Bristol and London. And I have to say, I had a whale of a time because it was so exciting and fantastic. Such an exciting and fantastic holiday. I'll never forget that. I, I don't think anything can compare to this in future, I, I guess. So this is actually the third water animal idiom. I didn't intend to give you three. I thought I would give you only two, but it sort of came up to my mind as I was recording this. So I thought, let's improvise here a bit and let's give my listeners a whale idiom as well. Okay, another idiom is to take the bull by the horns. Okay, so if you take the bull by the horns, you know, the bull is this kind of animal with those things sticking out of their heads, the horns, they're called. If you take the bulls by the horns, you deal with a problem or challenge in a direct and fearless way. You're not afraid, you're courageous, you're brave, because imagine taking a bull by its, by its horns, uh, kind of dangerous, isn't it? You know, uh, there are those bullfights, I think, there, uh, especially in Spain or Spanish-speaking countries, as far as I'm concerned, and uh, the, uh, there you have those uh, riders, bull riders, who, no, they are actually toreadors, called toreadors, not bull, <clears throat> they don't ride bulls, maybe, they are toreadors, and their job is to make the bull angry, and then kind of avoid its, uh, its charge or attack. Okay, they use the red cloth, a red piece of cloth, which apparently makes them feel even more angry. But somewhere I read that it's not the color actually, yeah, that makes them see red. It's uh, the movement. So it it doesn't really matter if it's blue or red. But this is a tradition or, or myth. We use a red color to make the bulls angry. Sometimes these myths are not true. They are, they were made to uh, they were made for us to believe to believe them but they are not true okay where where was i my point was that to take the bull by its horns means to do something really 
dangerous and courageous to step up for the challenge. For example, you can face your boss about a pay rise uh, because this is always a courageous act to do. Nobody wants to do this and you, of course you want higher salary but it's kind of dangerous because your your boss may go go angry if you tell them about this or you just maybe uh, you know it didn't it doesn't uh, improve your relationship but from time to time you need to do this if you want to move forward you need to take the bull by the horns unless you are a coward if you are a coward meaning a, a, a person who is not brave then I suggest that you learn uh, another idiom and that is to chicken out chicken you know the the animal the one that is eaten so much here and apparently to chicken out is used as a phrasal verb but it has a, an idiomatic meaning of course so it's rather it's it's like a borderline between a phrasal verb and an idiom technically okay but I think there is no problem including such expression among idioms because it is an idiom even though this is a phrasal verb as well at the same time okay enough of uh, linguistic uh, driveling discussion or rather argument with yourselves Daniek now maybe you think I've made a mistake not including the chicken among the bird idioms well you might be right in a way because uh, chicken is of course um, a bird as well but do you think it's a really decent bird? I mean like a bird which can fly. I don't I don't think so. It can't even fly. Come on. Try to drop it from some higher place and see how far it can fly. It doesn't have good wings, you know. Maybe it's just chickens out, you know, the chicken chickens out. It's so afraid to fly it doesn't even use its wings. So it chickens out. Okay. Uh, let's let's find a su more suitable example for you so that you can use this uh, expression in real life conversation for example um, imagine there was this street fight okay like uh, between some gangs maybe and there was a street fight tournament organized by one of the street gangs and anyone could participate you you were you this was like your lifetime opportunity you went you have you have gone to the gym for a long time you thought you were stronger than ever so you signed up for it you enrolled on the tournament they, you were given you were given a number and you were supposed to you were supposed to enter the competition in a group stage uh, but when you realized that uh, when you saw when you saw your opponents when you saw they were chuck norris and Balotelli in your group, you chickened out. You decided, you decided uh, to, you decided to sign out. Okay, you decided to sign out and not to fight actually, because you were so afraid. You are cowardly. You were a coward. You chickened out. Well, would you really chicken out when you saw your opponents were Balotelli, the football player, or Chuck Norris, the actor? I definitely would. That's why I chose these two guys, so that I could demonstrate this idiom usage. Okay, listeners, this podcast episode called uh, Animal Idioms is drawing to its close, but I've got the very last idiom for you, so don't stop listening yet. 
especially if you are into rats. That is those kind of cute and good looking rodents because the uh, the last idiom will contain a rat in its structure. The idiom is the rat race. If something is a rat race, it is highly competitive world of business or work. I was thinking about what kind of example I would bring up here and I couldn't come up with anything better than this. Podcasting, so this is something I'm doing right now. Podcasting is a highly competitive and uh, of course highly competitive business. You know, I have a huge competition such as Luke's English Podcast and others. Okay, and uh, it's a rat race for me. You can say it's a rat race, uh, but I don't. I don't think so. You know, I don't really earn any kind of money uh, through doing this. I actually, from economical point of view, it's like an opportunity cost. Uh, you know, because I lose money. I lose money doing this because I could do something else while doing this. I could be working, earning some money, but I don't understand it this way. I'm having fun. That's why I'm doing it. So but, uh, recording a podcast, it's not really the red race for me. It's fun. I'm, I'm glad I can, I can do this. And I hope some of you find it interesting or funny. I hope you liked this one, particularly this one, because... I really try to do my best uh, introducing you some of the idioms connected or related to animals. Uh, let's hope you'll find some of them useful. Maybe you'll learn to use them. It would honestly make me proud as a teacher and as a podcaster if you started using some of these idioms. At least, let's say, one of them or two or maybe, maybe at least three of them. That's it. That's it for today. Thanks a lot for listening. If you like this podcast episode, could you please press the like button or write me a comment, maybe ask me a question or answer one of those questions which I asked you. This really helps me out a lot. It kind of motivates me to do other podcasts. It somehow it somehow makes me more enthusiastic if I can see some cooperation. So once again, thank you very much. And wherever you are from, thanks for listening and have a whale of a time, whatever you're doing. Bye.